So the first thing I want to talk about is that I went to the cinema. So the movie theaters have opened here again in Japan. And it's been about two months or two and a half months, maybe three months since I last saw a movie. The last movie I watched at the movie theater was Jaws because they weren't showing any new movies. Uh, this time I went to see The Current War, which stars Michael Shannon and Benedict Cumberbatch. I will talk about that later. First, I want to talk about my experience coming back to the movie theater during this COVID-19 situation. Uh, I know theaters in other countries are not open yet. And I think regulations will be different from country to country. Uh, so just to talk briefly about my experience, uh, going back to the movie theater and what you or other people might expect when you return. Uh, first, my feeling, I, I'm, I still consider myself to be not old. So I, I don't put myself in the category of, of, of danger. Uh, like I said, the number of cases here isn't as high as other countries, although that could be argued based on the testing. I don't want, I don't want to get into any of that kind of stuff. Uh, this, this podcast is about movies. So I'll just talk about my experience. Uh, you can book seats. Uh, on websites or you can buy tickets on the day uh, there's nothing in the seats to prevent you from sitting anywhere you want but people are pretty well behaved at Japanese movie theaters so what they've done uh, in regards to places you can sit is that they've left one space that you cannot book between each seat some people might think that's a bit small maybe two or three seats might be better uh, in other countries uh, depending how you feel about that for me I, I was okay with it again like if, if it's every second seat you cannot book that's like half your audience gone anyway so if it's every second or third seat that's unbookable, that's even larger. Uh, I don't know how you're going to uh, recoup, recuperate costs or get the same kind of audience that you had for previous movies. It's not the main issue, though. Uh, I, I guess other movie theaters in other countries probably have a larger gap between seats, probably two or three seats, I, I imagine. Uh, I went with my friend. Usually I, I, I watch movies by myself because I, I, I like watching movies. So if there's something I want to see, I just go see it. Uh, we sat at the corner. Uh, corner seats, there was four in a row. So out of those four seats, you can book two. But it only gave you the option to book uh, 
two seats that were separate from each other. But I thought like we're, like we're friends, we spend time together, so it's okay. We can sit next to each other. But uh, I noticed after leaving the theater, I saw lots of people who were probably couples, married, uh, like older older married couples that had booked seats but were sitting one seat apart from each other. So I kind of felt a little bit guilty that I decided to sit next to my friend, even though we had a row of four seats to ourselves. Uh, I guess it, it, it depends on everyone. How do you feel going back to this and that? Do you feel safe? Do you need a, a bigger movie to get you back into a cinema? Or are you, are you done with the movie theaters? Do you want to stay home and uh, watch it on streaming service? Or have you changed your living room into like a cinema type room? For me, cinema experience is still special. It's something I, I missed uh, during lockdown because it's, it's one of my hobbies and something I, I love to do. I, I love the communal experience. Even if I go by myself, there's that kind of audience experience. Even if not everyone is laughing or not everyone is overtly sharing the same emotion, you just feel, you can sense the emotion in the room. And it's dark and the music is loud and the big screen and... You're not doing anything else. It has your entire attention. So that's uh, that's what I love about movie theaters. Uh, before we went in to watch the movie, uh, where we gave our tickets, we had to stand in front of like a camera which takes your temperature. You can see your face on screen on the small camera screen and it shows your temperature as well and then you can go in uh, another thing also is that everyone has to wear masks in the cinema uh, the discomfort level is about the same as 3d glasses in my opinion it's uh, a bit uncomfortable and unusual and a bit hot and sweaty and also it's a kind of annoying, I want to take a drink, so I have to pull down my mask every time I want to take a drink. Those are things we have to get used to. Uh, the new norm, hopefully it won't last forever. And one day we can have a, a more normal cinematic experience. I know in other countries they're talking about drive throughs becoming a, a big thing again. I don't know how that's going to work. Do they have rights to show newer movies? Are they going to get audiences back at those drive throughs to see movies again? Uh, do movie companies want people to see movies at drive throughs How is it going to change your cinematic experience? I want to try it one time, but I don't know if it, I want it to be a regular thing. Uh, last last summer, I didn't try it, but I saw they had a, like a B 
beach pool or like a rooftop cinema pool party. So everyone had kind of like a separate blow up pool, but like kind of adult size blow up pool. So like water would come to waist or neck level. And they were kind of placed in front of a large cinema screen on top of a building outdoors in the middle of summer and you can watch a movie that way. That sounds fun. That's something I'd like to try. Uh, if that's the future, well, that's kind of interesting. Maybe distracting though at the same time. Uh, I can't think of any other regulations that they had for the movie theater here uh, at the kiosk or where you buy your popcorn or drinks. They had markers for uh, where to stand, whatever it, whatever it is here, like two meters or one meter apart. But even for all that, like the socially distancing and like sitting apart from people, when we were leaving the theater, you're on the escalator and the person behind you stands right behind you on the very next step right behind you. So again, what's the point of going through all that rigmarole? If someone is going to do that, stand right next behind you. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. It's a strange experience. Uh, it didn't spoil the cinematic experience for me. Uh, I'm glad I can get back to the movie theaters. Again, they're still showing old movies. Uh, they're still showing like Back to the Future. And I noticed they're showing a lot of old Avenger movies. First Avengers movie, Age of Ultron. Um, they're showing Black Panther, Captain America Civil War. So if you haven't seen any of those movies at the big screen, now's your chance. Uh, for me, they're too recent. Uh, like I, I watched Black Panther and Captain America Civil War at the cinema. So it's too fresh in my mind to, to watch again. Uh, things like Back to the Future and Jaws, yes, because I've only known those on video or TV, so it's it's kind of a special experience to see it on the big screen. But anything in the last five years, I, even ten years, to be honest, ten years or more, uh, is not of interest to me. But I know they're going to be interests to other people. So it's, it's a way to test the waters. I felt okay. I didn't feel uncomfortable in the cinema. Uh, the only thing that was uncomfortable for me was the mask. Uh, again, it depends on your own comfort level. Do you feel comfortable in a crowded room, uh, like a cinema theater, a movie theater, or you're not ready for that, or do you want to wait for a bigger movie? Uh, I think it, it depends on everyone. And um, I guess the people around you as well. Do you, If you're concerned about um, people you're living with or people you interact with, that might have a effect on your opinion. Uh, but I was glad to go back. So I, I can't think of anything else beyond that. Take your temperature. Uh, wear masks, uh, sit sit one one seat apart. I'm sure it's going to be stricter in other countries. 
Um, but here, here is where it's starting. Seems to be okay. The theater was fairly crowded. Uh, I mean, for a Sunday evening, for an, not a big movie, I thought I had a good crowd, especially since half the theater you cannot sit. Like half the seats are, uh, you cannot sit. Interesting to see how it might change in future or how quickly or slowly it will change. Uh, I know next week Rambo and Sonic the Hedgehog movie are coming out. Those movies were just about to come out in Japan before the state of emergency or the lockdown or before things started to get not so good here. I think they were kind of due to play around March, April, May. Officially, state of emergency started in April and it finished beginning of June. But in, in March, things were already affected. But those were the movies kind of set to come out. So there's no really new movies coming out. Just the ones that were almost about to come out before everything happens. Uh, those are being shown next. Uh, probably I will go to the movie theater to see those too. Uh, hopefully things get better everywhere. And one other thing to mention is that because not many new movies are coming out, uh, trailer running time is quite short as well. So usually in movie theater I go to, they show trailers for about 15 minutes. And then now it's gone down to about 10, sometimes 5 minutes. So I say 5 to 10 minutes. So if you're one of those people who doesn't like to spend extra time in the movie theater kind of sitting and is maybe kind of hanging around outside or think you have a little bit extra time to get your drinks and sit down uh, maybe keep that in mind because uh, with the way the schedule is for the summer I think there's, there's nothing really to advertise at the moment as for the movie I enjoyed it uh, I, I like history. Uh, I thought it's interesting to learn a little bit more about these historical figures. Uh, I thought it's interesting that Benedict Cumberbatch um, took on this role. It seemed uh, a little familiar um, to him taking on the role of uh, the immortal game which um, was about code-breaking machine and kind of computers. And then at the end of the movie, there was kind of a line that says, today we call them computers. So I was expecting maybe something at the end of this movie to say, oh, today we call it electricity. But um, it, it doesn't go that, that far. Uh, I think, yeah, the imitation game was a little bit more Oscar bait. So I prefer the imitation game for Benedict Cumberbatch's acting, but for the overall kind of story and uh, I 
think the current war was uh, of more interest to me and yeah it didn't feel as typical as uh, Oscar contender type movie as the imitation game did although I'm sure they had that in mind when they were making it uh, but I think Benedict Cumberbatch and Michael Shannon um, are very good in this movie and I was kind of entertained by it and yeah particularly the score it has a nice momentum that kind of keeps uh, a good pace for the movie as for other things I've watched um, I haven't watched that much it's a bit slow going because um things are kind of getting back to normal here a little bit so um, I have less time to watch movies uh, I finished watching Battlestar Galactica so I might do a separate podcast on that later um, I watched the animated movie Justice League Dark and Justice League Dark Apocalypse War First, Justice League Dark, kind of interesting movie. I liked the, the characters in it. I wasn't really familiar with Justice League Dark before the movie. And uh, Justice League Dark, Apocalypse War, not really a continuation as much. It's more of a movie that wraps up the DC animated universe continuity that started with the flashpoint movie and it's kind of based on the new 52 comics which i i really don't know anything about um in general i don't really like the the dc animated movies uh, i don't like the character design i feel the animation the colors are kind of washed out the actual kind of characterization of the heroes is a little bit uninteresting and I think um, the attempts at humor which is very um, simple sarcasm is kind of boring so um, these movies have never captured my attention that much and also because it's kind of closer to more recent comic continuity and the new 52 continuity in the comics and uh, even the character designs i the, like the costume updates didn't really appeal to me that much and it seems like in general these movies haven't been that successful so spoilers this last movie justice league dark apocalypse war seems to put an end to that continuity basically the heroes go off to fight dark side they fail we cut to four years later um, large parts of the earth have been destroyed and uh, dark side is kind of taking magma from the earth's core uh, whatever heroes are left that survived the first battle against Darkseid gathered together for one final assault they eventually do defeat Darkseid 
And at the end of the movie, they're told that the magma that was taken from the Earth's core has set the planet off balance, uh, which will lead to the deaths of another billion people. But they all agree that if they pull together and work together, they can get through this and help the world get back to some kind of normality, even though it's very devastated at this moment and worse is yet to come. And then, like at one point, um, someone says to Flash, go back and create another Flashpoint. And that's what Flash does. He goes back in time. Uh, we don't see the results, uh, whatever new animated movies come out in future will probably form that new continuity, but it's basically saying all the movies that you watched related to this continuity, and in particular this movie itself, are kind of erased and meaningless, so despite the message that, okay, things are bad, but we can pull together and work through this. They also say, okay, forget it, just let's wipe the slate clean and start from the beginning. Uh, it doesn't bother me so much. Maybe other fans of these movies and the continuity would be kind of annoyed that it's, it's kind of wiped clean like this. It does seem a bit strange that they kind of went through the whole movie trying to defeat Darkseid and then at the end they say okay just go back in time and delete everything um, it's kind of more of an adult animated movie there's a lot of violence and blood and um, I think there's some curse words as well um, I'm okay with that but I, I don't think it has any place in these movies because um, a lot of the prior movies didn't have that much um, visual violence or kind of uh, hard language compared to this one so it, it just seems out of place basically uh, other movies I rewatched I rewatched Into the Spider-Verse which I enjoyed the first time I watched it at the movie theater I didn't enjoy it so much uh, I think my expectations expectations were too high I'm not sure um, but when I watched it this time I was kind of I don't know in a different mood even though it wasn't a good mood but um, I guess without that weight of expectation behind it you can just enjoy it more when I watched it the first time it had already won the Oscar and it had been out for months in other countries before it was released here so yeah I was really expecting something special and it just didn't land with me but um, yeah I appreciated it a lot more um, viewing it this time I also rewatched The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen which I think came out in 2003 and I also hadn't seen it since I had watched it at the theater in 2003 also. I think the concept is interesting, bringing together different um, fictional characters. Some are monsters and some are kind of famous 
literary characters. Um, but in execution, it feels very surface level. Uh, it does feel like something from the kind of early to mid 90s type of movie than something in the early 2000s. Sean Connery is in it, and I, I thought he's really great in it. And he does kind of give a slightly Sean Connery ish, James Bond ish performance, which is what we're expecting. But I heard that the reason he retired was because of this movie. So it's unfortunate that this is his last movie and that it kind of ended on this one. It's probably the best thing about it, even though he has less of a role to play by the end of the movie. Uh, but again, yeah, it's a very okay movie. Um, unfortunately, there's not much else to it. If you're interested in comics, uh, in particular newer releases, check out Comics Kings, C-O-M-I-X-K-I-N-G-S, Comics Kings. Um, I found them on Instagram. Um, they're quite enthusiastic about comics. Um, so I watched a couple of their reviews and uh, yeah, I just really admire their passionate and enthusiasm and they can speak so eloquently uh, I, I'm kind of jealous how enthusiastic they can speak about something um, they have the same passion that I feel but they're able to express it more so yeah if you like comics uh, interested in any kind of comics yeah check out their Instagram page um, they're two really nice guys The last time I recommended Chasing Amy. Uh, Chasing Amy is a movie directed by Kevin Smith. Um, I think a lot of Kevin Smith fans um, really like his movies, Clerks and Molads and Dogma. Uh, I, I have watched all of those movies. Um, they're set in what people call the View Askew universe. Um, Viewskew universe kind of has the same characters in each movie, in particular Jay and, Jay and Silent Bob. Um, sometimes Jay and Silent Bob have bigger roles, or they have smaller roles, or just a cameo. Uh, so Chasing Amy is one of those movies set in that universe, although you don't have to have seen the other movies. I, I think when people talk about Kevin Smith movies, usually they talk about Clerks and Mulrats. Like I said, uh, I think those are ones he's probably most famous for. And I think they have quite a strong following, a kind of a cult following has kind of built up over the years. Um, but Chasing Amy is a very different movie compared to all, all those. Uh, it's kind of based on Kevin Smith's own experiences, uh, a girl that he was in love with was a lesbian, so the relationship never really worked out, and it's, it's a movie that's written from the heart, 
Uh, it's a movie that's very true and pure and raw. And the first time I watched it, I guess, was about 20 years ago. Uh, I can't remember clearly. I don't know if it was a, a rental that my cousin had or was it something that I saw on television, but um, I hadn't realized that I had watched it until I went to rewatch it a few months back. Uh, I was kind of doing a USQ universe run through before I watched Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And yeah, with most of these movies I've seen on television are, yeah, again, maybe they were movies that my, my cousin rented. Um, and maybe I didn't know Kevin Smith, the director at that time, but I, I always noticed like the, the character Jay and Silent Bob in each movie. And, it, and it's kind of funny you're not expecting them to show up and you, you think it's just a normal movie and then like oh jay and silent bob kind of pop up and in particular chasing amy as well because it like i said it's the it's the most kind of straightforward down-to-earth movie of kevin smith's in in the vsq universe at least uh when i watched it when where whenever it was released i guess 20 years or so it's quite a it's quite a gut punch of a movie and yeah watching it all these years later through the prism of my own life experiences it it's even a stronger gut punch this time around um but it it's a very well made movie very well acted very well written um like I said, it, it's very true and pure. Um, that's why I think it's Kevin Smith's best movie. Uh, I think it feels very natural because I guess it is it is from his own experience. So I guess that is something that really comes across on the script and in the movie itself. The characters in Chasing Amy do show up, I think, in Jay and Silent Bob reboot a um, little bit, um, just giving those characters a little bit of closure. But again, you don't have to watch any other Kevin Smith movie to appreciate Chasing Amy. Again, it can be seen as a standalone movie. It's it tonally it doesn't feel like it's part of um that USQ universe even though Jay and Silent Bob are in it for for a brief moment um a very brilliant moment as well I might add um so I think yeah if you're watching Kevin Smith for the first time I think this is his best movie I think all these other movies maybe you have a different reason to watch them um there's more of, like I said, a cult appeal towards those other movies. And I think this is a bit, I don't want to sound insulting saying this, but it's, it's a normal movie he made, but a very excellent movie. It's, it is romantic and heart-wrenching, but it's, it's a perfect movie of his, I think.
Um, so definitely, yeah, watch it if you haven't watched it. Um, do be prepared for a, a gut punch if you uh, have any experience of relationships or have any feelings at all. And uh, the next movie I'd like to recommend is Malcolm X. And uh, Malcolm X, directed by Spike Lee. Uh, I'm not sure. I, is it my first Spike Lee movie? No, I think I watched other Spike Lee movies before that. But it wasn't one that I was aware of until I saw it. So, yeah, check that out. And we'll talk more about it next time. Have a good day or a good week or a good night or a good month. Um, I won't say good year because everything is pretty up in the air. Uh, take care. Keep safe.